Hello there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, a bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where we always have lots of opinions and zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give an insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host Adam, I'm joined by a Cowboy, yeah, and Maestro. <laughs> oh, alright, this week we're watching 2006, The Devil Wears Prada. Does she really? So, yeah, apparently. Uh, we're watching this because there's a movie coming out, it's called In Fabric, it's, about a, it's a movie about... Fabric. Fabric. Yeah, a lonely woman reaches separated from her husband and visits a bewitching London department store in search of a dress that will transform her life. And I'm already bored. So really, it's yeah. Uh, this movie has uh, Marie Jeanne Baptiste. Also has Gwendoline Christie. Does that name ring a bell? Yeah, actually it does. Hold on, yeah. let me just pull up their face. Hold okay, on. yeah, she played Brienne of Tarth. Oh, now I'm getting there. You got the face now. Yep, already. Yes, she also played. Um, uh, what's it called? Was the girl in the lady in Star Wars? She was with the leading uh, stormtrooper. What's her name? Right, right, right. Yes, the captain. Yeah, she was the captain. The, the the one that was all like super reflective, yeah, silver, shiny. Yeah. 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 All right, so that movie's coming out. So we're watching another movie that has fashion in it, fabrics, as if you will. Uh, the Devil's Prada. Yeah. This was directed by David Frankel. It stars Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway, Emily Blunt, Stanley Tucci, and Simon Baker. It's a fun movie. Simon Baker from The Mentalist, which was fun to see him. I forgot that he was a thing. Uh, very smooth looking dude. What? All right, here's a synopsis of the film. Then we'll get into our opinions of it. A smart but sensible new graduate lands a job as an assistant to Miranda Priestley, the demanding editor-in-chief of a high-fashion magazine. Have you seen this movie before? Yes. Yes. How, when's the last time you saw it? How Three long? years ago. Three? Oh, all right. Cowboy? Yes, I have seen this movie before. Great insight. Uh, this is my first time seeing this movie. I have not seen it for a long time. Okay. I cannot tell you the exact duration of time that it has been since I have watched this movie. All right. Thank you, Alexa. Uh, <laughs> uh, we... <laughs> This is my first time watching this. I saw this uh, today for the first time. Yeah. Uh, I knew it existed. I knew it was going to be a movie that was going to be semi-enjoyable. The most I know about this movie is from The Office. Uh, when there's, there's a scene where Michael Scott is, had, was watching the movie, and he came in. He was treating uh, Pam as if he was uh, Miranda Priestly until he realized he, – it took him like a week to watch the movie. By the time he got to the end of it, he's like – I'm so sorry. I didn't know she was going to be the bad guy in the movie. <laughs> I didn't mean to treat you that way. Sorry. <laughs> and then he goes on to uh, insinuate he's going to like, kill her. Like you can't tell from the beginning <laughs> of the movie that the devil is Miranda Priestley. I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Well, it's Michael Scott. He's uh, not all there. He works for Dunder Mifflin. Yeah, that's right. In Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, so thoughts about the movie? We just walked out of the theater. That's the, uh, the setup here. Yes. What do you think of the movie? The movie was well made. I mean, like, it was basically the premise of what you would expect from, like, a like a hard, like, case, like, boss and a woman just trying to make her way into the world, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't really – I mean, everyone played their part really well. I mean, with uh, – was it Meryl Streep, right? Yeah. Yeah. She had, like – she she's always been, like, spot on with her characters, no matter what movie, film she plays. She does not do a bad job. Never. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen her do a bad job. No, I don't think it's possible for her to yeah. do a bad job. Yeah, so and, and like Hathaway has always been pretty good too. Yeah, also. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm, although I have not seen Prince's Diaries, so I, I don't know if I can 100% both say, of them or just one of them. I have 
I haven't seen none of the Princess Diaries. Well, she's like a teenager in most of them, so it's kind of like different. All right. Like a coming of age film, really. So she was bad, but it's okay. I guess it's like <laughs> so, it's you really want to put her that those films into her repertoire wow. because she's like still like just like figuring out who she is really. I guess you're right. I, I want to put like uh, in country or whatever in Bruce yes, Willis's repertoire exactly. back in the day. That's exactly. not part of his film career. Is it? Yeah, I refuse. Cowboy walking out of the theater. I, what do you think? Honestly. The the story is is great, and besides the context of being in the fashion industry, I think we've all had that feeling mm. in our life, mm-hmm. in our careers, in our jobs, and stuff where you, you you don't know if you can do enough to please somebody, right? And and to be quite honest with you, you just keep going, you just keep going. There's been moments in pretty much every career or job that I've had where I felt like. No matter what I do, I can't please this person. I'm just going to quit. <laughs> I've had that in relationships multiple times. I was talking to careers. Oh, careers. Right, yes. Do you uh, view your right. relationships as a career? Uh, sometimes oh. I feel that way. <laughs> it's a job. It's a job. Yeah, not now. It's work. Thankfully, not now. Well, that's why the they past. say relationships are work. Yes. Oh, so are you telling me that like those ones you're talking about with that feels like they're work, do you get days off? No. no, there's no days off. Holiday pay? There's no days off. So you don't even get paid. Is there a 401 <laughs> on call? Do you have four, is there a four hundred one k involved? No, no, there's not. No, it just sucks everything out of you. Hopefully, well, <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> that was my fault. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> it, it was a fun movie. I I, I enjoyed it. The, the storyline itself, I didn't find very original. It like because it's it's it happened multiple times in movies where it's it's the same kind of story where a young person trying to do good under this douchebag and then at the end is like oh it all works out yeah um i i think anne hathaway does such a great job her character alone um doesn't want to be like there's the scene uh, i hate to jump to the end where Mar- that's fine miranda she's like i can't believe you did that to him you know i i, I could i could never be like you i can never do that to I can't yeah. remember the character's Stanley name. Stanley Tucci. Stanley. Yeah, that was uh, Nigel. Nigel. Yeah. I could never do that to Nigel. And then she, you know, she goes, Miranda goes, you already did. To yeah. To Emily. To Emily Blunt. Oh, yeah. Her name Who was also Emily. Emily. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I didn't recognize Emily Blunt at the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I, I, I saw the name come up, I think, uh, and then I was like, where is she going to be? And then I saw her, I'm like, I think that might be her, but nah, it doesn't seem right. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, 2006. I don't know. I I I like the movie. You know, um, the whole duration of the movie and how it played out, and how she ended up going back to her boyfriend. It, it was it was very good character development for Anne Hathaway. You, you saw the whole arc of it. It didn't seem forced. It seemed it seemed natural. It didn't seem to go too quick. You know, some yes. movies it would be like, oh, boom. You know, she was yeah, also, very reluctant. Yeah. Very reluctant to get into the fashion. She's like, oh, this ain't me. You yeah. Know? And I, I believed that she wound up here unintentionally. Like she didn't realize how far she'd gone into this world where now she's this different person uh, until her friends start bringing it up to her. And she, even at that point, she's not understanding it. So it was it was a good job as far as progressing the storyline in a way that seemed natural and believable. 
to where now she's this crazy person and once she realizes he's like, Oh no, no, no. I don't want to I, I, I like the scenes where Miranda would basically tell her, like, you're you're not into this, but do you realize that you are into this? Like, yeah. that blue sweater, you think it's blue and blah blah blah, and she goes on this tirade about how that sweater you're wearing was yeah. basically designed by me many, many years ago before it got down to the retail stores that you shop at. You yeah. know, it was a it used to be high end before it got to you. You know, like <laughs> it, it did give me a perception of the fashion industry that I hadn't had before. Uh, really? Because I, I don't I don't buy into labels. I, I I hate labels because they're always overpriced. And, and it's this is why I do all my shopping at like uh, Costco. Costco or Walmart or but, but, Target or even but that that scene put into perspective that even though you shop at Costco or or Kohl's or whatever, yeah, those designs that end up there were dreamt up from de- high end designs, yeah, just made less expensive. The, the the journey in which I guess fashion takes that it's not something I would have ever thought about uh, because I just think of it like oh this person is trying to make a bunch of money off of these bullshit things. I remember walking into a Mar- uh, Neiman, Mar- Neiman, Marcus. Neiman Marcus. Yes, uh, I was in Vegas uh, many years ago, and I was walking to Treasure Island, and Neiman Marcus was like, "Hey, this place probably has air conditioning. <laughs> let, me get, let me get some reprieve from this heat." Walking like, "Oh, these clothes are kind of cool. What's the price like? Oh, this T-shirt is like two hundred bucks. I'm like, for a goddamn T-shirt." Or a collared shirt, whatever. Like, who's gonna pay these prices and why? We yeah. see one guy pick it up. It's like, oh, hey, I like this. And then the, I, I was also trying to find a, a a vest for a wedding that I was gonna go to. This is like maybe two years ago, and I, I went to Santa Monica Pier, uh, the promenade, and I was going up and down trying to find a vest, and I ended up at uh, I think Bloomingdale's or something like that, and <laughs> I found a vest. And like, that one looks pretty cool. Two hundred bucks again. Like, what? What the? What are you kidding me? Yeah. For what? For, it's, for for this? I mean, and it's the same way when you go to like Nordstrom's and Macy's, and you, you find these jeans, you right? Know? And, and one hundred and fifty dollars for a pair of jeans, and it doesn't compute. No, no, it doesn't. But as a kid, you know, like with, when it came to shoes, you wanted to get the hundred dollar, one hundred and fifty dollar pair of Nikes no, or whatever. I was never that kid. I, I wanted those. You know, when when I especially in basketball. When, okay. I, when I played basketball in high school, uh, the team shoe was the Alonzo Mornings, okay. you know, and and the shoe regular price was one hundred thirty nine dollars. Oh my god! But the team this was going to be the team shoe, but in order to get a discounted price at one hundred fifteen dollars, oh. everybody on the team had to buy the shoe. Uh, yeah, bulk buy it, yeah, right. And so I finally convinced my parents to buy it, and I was only allowed to wear those shoes during a game. Right. I was not allowed to wear those shoes when I'm not playing basketball during a game. I couldn't wear it during practice. My mom bought me some cheaper Reeboks mm-hmm. from Big Five to wear during Perfect. practice, you yeah. know. And but my Alonzo Mornings, man, those are the most expensive pair of shoes. Now as an adult, now when I was younger, yeah, $129. dollars. I didn't care. I wanted those shoes. Wow, it okay. wasn't my money. Yeah, okay, it wasn't my money. And now that I'm an adult and I have kids, I'm like. <laughs> Fuck! I will not pay a hundred dollars for a pair of shoes. If I pay a hundred dollars for any kind of pair of shoes, it would be like cowboy boots or something. 
Okay. Yeah, for me, it's all about comfort and stability. I mean, if it doesn't work, then it doesn't pay. Basically. No, right. I get the the fourteen dollar pair of shoes at Costco with the the cushion insoles, and oh, hey, guess what? They're Skechers. Oh, is you that know? right? Well, yeah, that's, oh. what, that's what I'm wearing right now. All right, fourteen dollars at Costco. I've worn the soles out, but they're so damn comfortable. Yeah, it was. A, I remember the most expensive shoes I ever had as a kid. They were these these Converse. Uh, they were called Illusions. And my grandma got them for me, and they, they had they had a pattern in it where it looked beveled. It, it looked like they were meant to be. It looked like someone's like a hedgehog's hair on the sides of it, where it was like weird. Yes, got- and I remember like, no, I don't. Those are too expensive, grandma. And she's like, no, I'm buying you these shoes. Like, all right, they were great. I loved them, but it's not. Even as a kid, I was always conscious of it's not worth that much money. I don't. I don't want it. I'm more about utility than anything else. Mm-hmm. Does this get the job done? Does it cover my feet? Is it comfortable? Fine. Yeah. It looks yeah. decent enough and it didn't look like shit, then I'm, I'm down. I, I do try to get nice shoes mm-hmm. at, at a good price. And, and to be quite honest, you big five, if you want to get like sports shoes and stuff like that, Nike, um, yeah. Reebok, Asics, whatever, you know, you go to big five and you go to their clearance tables, you can find they may be last year's. Yeah, but, you know, but yeah. when you're paying less than half the price of the normal price tag on them, and you can walk around with Reeboks, all right, cool. Yeah, but other than that, no, I'm not going to pay full price for a pair of shoes. Right. Yeah, I even do like I go to Goodwill, and that's where I get a lot of my shirts. A lot of the collar shirts that you see me wearing, they're yeah. mostly Goodwill, yeah. or they're Christmas Christmas gifts. Oh, when I when I had to go on an interview for my last job or my current job, I didn't have any dress shoes left. Okay. I I thrown them all out. there too. Yeah, I went to Goodwill. Yeah. Got a pair of really nice dress shoes for ten bucks. Then I went to Target and I got me some shoe polish. I polished them up. Damn thing looks like brand new. Right. So that's why. I, that's why I never got the whole fashion industry where like these things are so expensive and I, I, like the dress shoes. I even, I'll get them at like Target for twenty bucks, and I may have to replace them twice a year. Yeah, but even then, I'm only paying forty bucks yeah. for a year's worth of shoes instead of getting some high end yeah. hundred dollar shoes that are going to get scuffed up and they're going to get ruined anyway. Yeah. So this way, I get new shoes every six months versus having one pair of shoes I paid a lot for that in six months still look like shit. Yeah. What about you, Maestro? Have you bought anything really expensive? So for me, it's a little bit different. Okay. I don't buy based upon like for let's say not even just shoes, clothing in general. Okay, I think about like what I want, what kind of style I want to have, and then I look for the best deal. I don't care about the brand. I don't care about the right. Yeah, it's always been about like what looks good, and like the stuff. Which I, it, it's upsetting because no matter what you put on, it looks good. It's it's it's, it's upset me for a very long time. Oh, don't stop that. <laughs> just, you're like, I, you guys don't like, hey, try it on. Like, it looks like shit. I mean, like, it, you pull it off in an amazing way. Every, your, your clothes style is, is amazing. I'm very jealous because I, I can't imagine you picking something up and you're like, oh, it doesn't work for me. Like, no, everything works. You dick. Oh, I don't know about that. You ever seen those male onesies? <laughs> okay. Well, now we're getting crazy. <laughs> those, look, those, those look better on the floor. <laughs> well, done. well, I mean, take Diggity. this jacket I'm wearing. It's fantastic. Yeah, I bought it last year. All right. Okay. And even at Kohl's regular price, it was like $160. Oh. Right. I waited. It was on sale, 50% off. And I had a 30% off coupon. Fantastic. Yes. You know, I ended up paying, I think at the end of everything, I ended up paying $54 for it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But 
$54 for a $150, $160 jacket. Right. That, yeah, no, I'm cool. I remember I always wanted a peacoat. And then I got a gift card uh, for my job for like forty bucks at Target. Yeah. So I go I'm like, oh, this is eighty bucks. Nope, forty for me. I can do that. <laughs> I don't. I can't imagine spending that much money on clothes. I think. What is the most expensive you've ever spent on a single item? One single item. Yes. That would be the one. The the pea coat. Where it for- cost eighty bucks, right? but right. forty bucks was my work paid for it. Oh, right. I I remember back in two thousand seven. I uh, well, I, born and raised in Southern California. Yep, we don't get cold ass weather here. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. um, most of the time you can walk around during the winter in a sweater, a hoodie, right? You know, and you'd be comfortable. Absolutely. Um, it's it's supposed to be this December supposed to be our coldest December in years. Okay. Okay, but in 2007, I was being sent to New Jersey in February for okay. training oh. for two weeks. And like the middle of their winter, all right, you know, and I didn't have clothes for that. <laughs> so you know, at the yeah, time, California, my, my mom was like, "Well, I'll help you out." I didn't have the money. I was starting a new job, you know, and so she, we went to Burlington Coat Factory, mm. and we bought me long johns. And now, now this is February in California. So you couldn't find cold weather clothes because everybody's <laughs> coming out with their spring line already. Right. Yeah. You know? So we go to Burlington Coat Factory and I bought this London Fog wool trench coat jacket that had a price tag on it of three hundred and twenty nine dollars. Oh my god. Um but Burlington Coat Factory is like an outlet type place. Yes. yes. It was marked down and I think it was uh eighty two dollars. All right. And I wasn't gonna get it. Because I wouldn't even have spent that much right. on this jacket, you know. Just give me a heavy jacket for thirty bucks, whatever. My mom's like, "No, you need to get that. It's dressy. It's nice. Blah blah blah." And I'm like, "No, no, no." She made me get it, so I had this eighty-two dollar London Fog wool jacket that had the pea coat look to it. You know, the buttons. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't have it anymore. Oh no, what happened? Um, I left it somewhere. Oh. <laughs> And that's why you don't buy nice things. Right. <laughs> They're too easily messed up. I, I miss it. I, I miss it because I would so rock that jacket still. Yeah, but that's the thing I worry about. If something were to happen to it, then it's over. The pea coat that I have, after like the first year, uh, we were at a bar, I think part of the back alley, and somebody hit me with their cigarette, and it got and it burnt a hole in that jacket. It's just a very small hole, and it, it's still, I still wear it. I, I wore it this last weekend. But every time someone's like, hey, nice pea coat. I'm like, yeah, it's customized. I got a hole right here. I don't know why I got to point it out. I don't know why I do that because I'm a crazy person. It's just, it's just ah, I, I can't imagine spending that much money on things. Yeah. Mm. But there are people to do that. And this whole movie is about these kinds of people. Oh, yeah. Know? Where it's all about high fashion and even the Miranda's like when they're doing the fashion show and she's like, eh, mm, pursing her lips. Oh, it's a disaster. Yeah. Well, you, you do realize the girls are like, like uh, Emily and Andy and stuff. They, yeah. they, they don't buy any of this stuff. Right. They get it you all get, for free. If I were to get high fashion for free, I I would wear it. Right? Yeah. I'm not spending my well, money yeah, on that. Well, yeah. Andy did too until she realized what it was doing to her. Right. Yeah. It's it's a good journey as as a from – I think when Andy first starts out, she's more like us uh, for sure. Uh, there's even a scene where she's in, back with her boyfriend in the, in the apartment and he makes her a grilled cheese sandwich and she's like, oh, I can't even eat. He's like – Whoa, there's like $8 worth of cheese in there. I need to eat this sandwich. 
So the, the, being, hold on, hold on. <laughs> being that I work in a deli. Yeah. <laughs> some of this cheese is really damn expensive. I know. And and it, 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 the place I work, they have this basket in the Cheese Island area. All right. It's called the Tidbits. Oh. Okay. Uh, the Tidbit Basket. And basically, there's really good cheese in there, high-end cheese, where you don't have to buy the whole thing. Okay. They're just small little – so you can try them. And, right. and the cool thing is, is a, a customer told me she likes to go over there and look at the Tidbits – cheese basket and buy certain cheeses to try in macaroni and cheeses that she normally wouldn't try oh, because it's so expensive. That's nice. pretty smart. That's real good. And I also have other uh, customers that come and they get, you know, the boar's head meat and st- or cheese for their grilled cheese sandwiches. Okay. You know, and I'm sitting there going, man, I grew up eating grilled cheese sandwiches using Kraft Singles. That was a grilled cheese sandwich. Let me ask you something, though. Does not the grilled che- the the craft cheese taste really good? It's amazing. Yeah, but I don't know by what- itself. I'm spoiled. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm spoiled. You don't, you don't have the craft cheese anymore. My job, no. I'm spoiled. Oh, okay. I don't do craft cheese because here's the thing. Uh, yeah, craft cheese, cool. It's, it's American craft cheese, whatever. But at my work, we sell you know. American cheese. Right. We got Boar's Head American cheese, white American, yellow American, yeah. whatever. And I think it tastes so much better. Okay. I'm sure it does. It just, but like, uh, growing up, I remember getting the Kraft singles, opening that package, and then getting a piece of bologna, putting it on top of it, and rolling it. Yeah. And that was, that was an fantastic Oh, yeah. Snack. Absolutely. <laughs> Shit. I remember eating cheese sandwiches. Like, uh, I'm. Uh, can't figure out what I want to eat. I just grab two pieces of white bread, put some mayo on there, slap a piece of cheese in there, and that's it. Not even grilling it up. Not even yep. grilling it up. Yep. Just that. I've been there. I, I even started doing this weird thing, which um, I'm sure is weird, but I'll do a peanut butter sandwich with a craft <laughs> cheese in there. That's good. <laughs> oh, Kevin's walking away. It, it's fantastic. It tastes good. <laughs> it's been a while since I've done that, but... I, I it's not the weirdest thing I've I've heard. Um, I've known somebody in my past that eats uh, peanut butter sandwiches with ketchup. Oh no! And when you, when you had peanut butter sandwich and ketchup, I was like, oh, that's that's just gross. He's like, no, 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 it's good. I'm like, how did you come? He was yeah. in the service. He's an older older person uh, okay. in, in my past, right? He was in the service, and back then, you grab any condiment you can and put it on your food because. You got to eat as much as you can, right? And they didn't have the luxuries when they were in the service back then. So, peanut butter sandwiches is what you had. So when you had a packet of ketchup, you put it on there, and he said it makes it taste like a fish sandwich. I was like, peanut butter and ketchup makes it taste like fish. I still have not had the nerve to to try it. I will try it tonight. Do you remember it was back, back in the day? We, we, we had a, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's what he told me. He says it makes it taste like a fish sandwich. I was like, uh-huh. we, we had we had a friend back in the uh, the high school days, uh, probably after high school. But uh, he he had served some time, and then he came back and he showed us what spread was, which was it was like ramen and a bunch of mayonnaise and mustard in a bowl with some uh, Vienna sausage Frank things that you get from dollar store. You put it all together, mix it up, and it. it, it it was amazing. 
That sounds like drunk food. It's yes. Well, we were drinking a lot back then, so but, it's, now but I'm so, sometimes right? some, some, <laughs> sometimes the concoctions you make up when you're drunk and you're just going through the covers and you're hungry mm-hmm. are some of the best things. Nilla wafers and mozzarella shredded cheese. Like like the cheese is dip. You get a Nilla wafer, get some mozzarella cheese in there. Oh my god. See, I mean, <laughs> my, my work has got me tainted on mozzarella cheese now because why? Well. I used to go to the, the Vons or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. buy the big bag of mozzarella cheese, right. skim yeah. milk, blah, blah, blah. Lucerne. Yeah, Lucerne, yep. mozzarella cheese in the big bag, shredded and whatnot. And now there's – on the cheese island, there's a whole four-foot section of mozzarella cheese. Yes. And I'm trying all this different mozzarella cheese going, that's what it's supposed to taste like. <laughs> that's a, that shit's not mozzarella cheese. You uh, know? Okay. That's the shit you put on a, a – that that's what you get on a pizza at like you know yeah. Domino's or something like that. Okay. And now I want to make pizza at home, but I want to get good mozzarella cheese. Yeah. Okay. And I want to make a good authentic pizza. Okay. So to get back to the movie we're talking about, what movie are we talking about? Uh, Devil Wears Cheese. Okay. Uh, oh, Prada, Prada. <laughs> uh, but so I guess in this case, then the the good mozzarella cheese you're talking about that it would be the Gucci's or the or the Prada even. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, I guess I, I understand developing a taste and getting into that kind of world, but in this movie, the whole world is about this high end fashion type of thing. So she gets a taste for it, starts understanding. Oh, this is this is how life could be. So I, I get that, but like, like I was saying before, it's not something I would pay for if it was introduced to me. Then I guess I could see getting a taste for it. It's not something I would pay for full price. Right. And I, I will say that right now because like I used to buy these cheap little $20 wallets, you know, character wallets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And my wife um, got sick and tired of me buying a wallet. <laughs> and then a month or two later, it starts to fall apart. Okay. And I spent 20 bucks and she, she laid it down to me. She's like, okay, you buy a wallet every two, three months, 20 bucks. Okay. Even if it's three months, that's 20, 40, 60, 80. That's $80 a year you spend on wallets. This is before you're making your wallets out of duct tape. Oh, yeah, after. Way after, after. Okay. After. Way right, after. Right. Yeah. Those were, those were novelty <laughs> they were, type things. They, they but were they were phenomenal. fantastic. But uh, so I spent $80 <laughs> a year on wallets. On our way back from Vegas one time, she makes us stop off at the coach outlet. Right. And we go into the coach outlet and I'm looking at wallets and I'm like, Oh my gosh. You know, we're talking like 180, 190, $210 for wallets, you know, for, for but a guy. I'm if like, you why? buy that, what do you put in it? I'm like, why, 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 like, why would I spend that much? She's like, no, no, no. We're at the outlet. You know, she's like, I'm like, but the price tag says this. She's like, yeah, but it's 60% off. And they're, t- they're saying right now they're having a sale where you take an extra 30 or 40% off the 60. Right. So I'm showing you this coach wallet. Yep. $182 was its regular price. Oh I think I paid 45 for it. All, right. All said and done. All right. Very good. This wallet is a year and a half old. Nowhere it on it. Good. Nowhere on it. So unfortunately in some areas I'm like, no, I want the good shit because yeah. it lasts. And in fact, you got me one of those wallets as well, the, 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 my super slim yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's nice. I mean, this thing is a year and a half old. It's got no – I mean, it's there's nothing falling apart on it. Mm-hmm. It's a year and a half old. I spent $45 on it. 
when I was spending $80 a year on <laughs> these, these wallets, you right. know, it's like, okay, so some things I can see spending a little bit more for because it'll last longer and right. save money in the long run. Same thing with me and belts. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm wearing this belt right now, three years now. Is it a click it belt? No. What's, it, what's a click it oh, belt? that's my belt. That's your belt? Oh, I knew right. one of you guys had a click belt. Where's the mic? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> okay. I got this belt on Amazon. How, how did I know you would be the one with the click belt? <laughs> it's like the braided belts before where you can like put in any hole you want. That sounded weird. You, you know what I mean. <laughs> what bars were you at? <laughs> you remember the braided belts? I had braided belts in, in No, in I don't school. know the braided belts. What are you talking well, about? Of course there, I don't. There's, like, there's no holes in it. You just... Poke it through. It's and leather. It's leather that's braided, like yeah, ten strands of leather that's all braided, so it yeah. makes it right. Thick so and stuff like that. it's not like a you got to pick one of these holes. It's like whatever hole you can poke it through. So basically, whatever one you can fit it in. Yeah, right. just pull as hard as you can. Yeah, you yank it as tight as you can, and you stick it in the hole. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The nearest works. one. And it yeah. works. It, it works. doesn't bruise or anything. No, there's no yeah. bruising, <laughs> especially when they're black belt. Then uh, you can't tell the bruising. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> I have realized now in, in my current stage, there, quality does come with a price. I still don't understand the quality in this movie, uh, all the top-end, super high-end stuff. I still can't imagine getting there, yeah. but I'm getting closer to getting there as far as understanding how it works. I, I, I am too, and that's why I said I wouldn't pay full price. I would not pay yeah. $182 or whatever it was for this wallet. But even though I spent $45 for this wallet, I didn't buy it. Like I, I saw it and I was like, oh, that looks cool. But I didn't buy it for its look. You know, it's, in my, it's in my back pocket. Nobody really sees it. Yeah, yeah who cares? And it's not a, a coach wallet that it says coach all over it. Yeah. Right. It's, you can't even see coach. It's embroidered, not embroidered, but like indented in it. Yeah, right. Embossed or. Yes, it's probably debossing. Something like that. Oh, yeah, but you can't see it unless you, <laughs> I point it out to you. Yeah. Right. So I can pull my wallet out. Nobody knows it's coach. That's the thing, too, though. I, I think a, a lot of the stuff that comes with, with this high-end fashion is about look at look at how expensive this is. Like the, the Louis Vuitton purses and whatnot, or the Michael Kors, where everything is – it's obvious when you look at it, oh, that's that brand. That's what I've always been against. The, 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 the branding part of it where it's – look at – Look at this. You're buying the brand, not the actual object. Right. I don't give a shit about the brand. I just I want it to look good. I want it to feel good. And that's it. But along with the brand, I will say, comes quality. Sometimes. Sometimes, yes. Um, my wife uses oh, nothing. Uh, yeah, I, was I was going to. I was, wait, oh. I was waiting for you guys. Uh, my wife uses nothing but coach purses. Obviously, she goes to the coach outlet and gets them. Yes. Um, last time we were there, when I got this wallet... She had her old purse, which was like a year and a half, a, a year old. But when she bought it, it was the year before that's model. Okay. All right. So it's a two-year-old model. They still had some in the coach outlet store. And the lady, the salesperson there looked at her purse and goes, oh, did you just get that? Okay. Because it holds up really well. Not only that, but my wife takes really good care of her purses, you know? Yeah. So, I that, mean, it's... That's, that's the other thing about the fashion industry. As far as what's in season right now versus what was season last year... I don't get that. If, if somebody is going to look at that and be like, oh, that's last year's purse, 
I don't want them to be There's my friends. There's people out there like that. That's what's I scary. Know. I don't want to be friends with those people. If, if they're that focused on whether this is current or not current, then you, you have the wrong focuses on life. Like you, if it looks good, fine. Who cares you, if it was last season? You can't look at my black hat that I got at a liquor store for five ninety nine and say that's last year's hat. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a black hat. Yeah. Which I need to go to the whiskey barrel and get me a new one. Oh, oh whiskey barrel is still around. That's where I yeah, got it, man. Oh, <laughs> I miss, they used to be a donor shop next to whiskey barrel. I used yeah, to go to every to day after school. I, I had walked in there to get a six pack of Elysian one day. And I saw these hats, and I was like, ooh, I lost my black hat at the hospital. Um, oh. My wife left it there. Oh. Um, I, was, I was getting ready to go into surgery, and, and she had all my possessions, and apparently she left my hat there. Mm. Um, so no, so I need, not all your possessions? No. just <laughs> She had all my possessions, including the hat, and left the hat there. Mm. Okay. You know, but, so I needed a new black hat, and I saw it, and I was like, all right, cool, five ninety nine, done. All right. It still looks no, looks like fresh, brand new, it's right? Fine. Fine. I mean, so, I mean, except for the sweat on the inside, but it's black, so you can't see it. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about instead of talking about how cheap we are or frugal, let's uh, get onto the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what well, I mean, we already said everything about the movie. I mean, it was great. I mean, I liked the movie. It was it was fun. It, it was a fun, good movie. Uh, Playful banner. It, it, was, it was predictable. I gotta say that. Oh yeah. yeah. It, it's it's predictable now. Well, no, I just, the whole time, we, I'm not wondering, like, oh, is she going to become an uptight bitch and stay that way your entire life? Like, no, she's going to come back to reality. She, she's going to figure out, oh, this isn't working out. As soon as, the first time she met uh, Jane, no, that's not his real name, Simon Baker, Jane is the name of the mentalist, uh, the, 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 the guy that was like, hey, you want to be the New Yorker? I, send me your work. I'm attractive. Uh, that was subtext. But the whole thing, the, that whole interaction like oh this is going to become a thing uh it's gonna she's gonna end up messing around with the guy and then realize oh no this is not for me and then yeah it's basically what happened i did like the the scene after she had that one night stand with them which you didn't think it was going to be a one night stand at the time and she realizes she needs to go because miranda's going to be ousted yes right and yeah. she's walking out and he's like babe and she's like i am not your babe right you know like, and then she goes, and, and she tries to tell her, like, "Hey, this is happening," and she already had the whole plan. In, in she place. already knew it was happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it was nice. I, I, I do. It, I enjoyed the all the interactions that happened from Anne Hathaway's perspective. She, she, I feel like she did everything that she, she, she was. She was never wrong. I think, even when she was ousting Emily, uh, Emily Blunt, or just Emily, uh, I feel like it was. It was she. She had no fault. The only fault she ever had was when she was sliding her friends and and her boyfriend, where she couldn't be there. But even then, I feel like they should have been more supportive. So it, it, was, it was a weird kind of. I, I think they were they were supportive to a point. Yeah. You know, when she was wearing the shoe, the the clothes and stuff, and she was giving them presents and everything, they they were all on board. Absolutely, they were all. Oh, I can get this is a nineteen hundred dollar purse. Blah, right. blah blah. You know. Yeah. And even the dude knew what was going on, except for um, Andy's boyfriend. Yeah. He was just like, nah, this not, it's not my girl. Anymore. The only thing I have a problem with the movie is that I feel like he should not have taken her back so easily. It, it should have been a, a bigger thing. Well. The funny thing is, is when she was in Paris, she said, oh, we broke up, but they were only taking a break. 
technically they weren't broken up. They were just stepping back. Taking they were a break. on a break. Yeah, that's all it. right. Seinfeld, back off. No, it's friends. All right. Emily and Ross. Yeah, I Emily mean they, they were they uh, were. That's, the, that's their first. Okay. Oh, shit. Rachel and Ross. They were on a break. That that's another thing that should have. I feel like it should have came up. Where, all right, we'll get back together. I gotta tell you this one thing, and then he gets upset, and the whole thing goes off again. But then the movie would be longer, and I, that's we don't want that. Then then it would have been more about their relationship. I did like the whole. He's like, hey. Um, the, the the good looking dude, the New Yorker, is like, yeah, Simon. No, Bishop. no, I'm sorry, no, oh. not the, the boyfriend. Oh, uh, Adrian. Yeah, he's like, oh, by the way, Adrian, yeah, I think is his name. You know, when you get a phone call and you answer that phone call every time, that's the relationship that, yeah. you're in. Yeah, which which I I can relate to in in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like the podcast is a relationship that uh, takes more precedence, but eh, and he understands. She's supportive. I don't think I've gotten to the point where I'm bringing home Gucci. Or whatever. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is, it's like when she calls you. If she called you right now, you'd answer it. Yeah, I'd, I'd hit pause right here on the podcast, and I yeah, yeah, you wouldn't. That. You 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 would make us talk while you backed your chair up. And we're like, hey, what's up, babe? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. All right, 50-50. I, All I'm, right, hey, I'm, guys, guys, I'm back. Well, because we're not live on Facebook, then I, I would pause. Yeah, true. If we're, if we're live on Facebook, I might pull away for a second. I'm on the podcast right now. Yeah. So I'm not that involved in everything. It's, it's not it's not taking over my life. I and I, I understand that if if something's that important to you, it does take over your life, and like it could get crazy. But you can't forget the people. In 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 Anne Hathaway's character's defense, she was young, right out of high school or right out of college, and was trying to build a career. Yes, and that honestly, in her time of life. Should be important to yeah, her. Yeah, it's the way to go. Yeah, and I don't know. We, we don't get the longevity of their relationship, right? In this movie, once she got the job at at runway, they, they were cute, but we don't know that they're soulmates. I I'll be honest with you. I think Ann or Andy Andrea yeah could do much better than him. Yeah. I also don't like the guy because I've heard a lot of bad stories about him as an actor. So it's, but it's, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, has nothing to do with I, him I know, as an actor. But when when you look at her, especially when she's all dressed up, yeah, you can do way better. And I'm not talking about the guy from the New Yorker because he's a handsome dude, but he's a sleaze bag. Yeah, you know? yeah. But better. Uh, do you think Meryl Streep's character was over the top at all? No, no, no. She she always plays like the perfect amount of like evil or crazy or or just at the point about the break. She does that really well. I mean, she even did that really well in like Into the Woods. Have you seen that? Also in Hathaway. Is it? Yeah, Hathaway was in Hathaway was in Into the Woods. Was she? Yeah. Are you sure? She was one of the uh, townsfolks or something. I think she was like Red Riding Hooders. I don't. Know. I don't. No, she was definitely not Red. I didn't. Hunters. I didn't. I didn't see the whole movie. That's fair. But I'm pretty sure Anna Hathaway was in Into the Woods. Mel Shoe was also in there? Uh, and Johnny Depp. Right. Yes. Meryl Streep's character. Yes. The way she played it. Yes. Um, you you saw... Oh, sorry. Anna Kendrick. There you go. Buddy. Not Anne Hathaway. You saw the bitch in her. Right. But you also saw the human side of her. Every right. time you see that kind of... You know, you, you, she was, it almost seemed like she was playing a part. She had to, cause she was 
the yes. head honcho. Right. And she had to play this part. Yep. But you saw the emotional side of her when she was going through the divorce. Yep. Or the su- subtle hints of, you know. Yeah. The scene when Anne Hathaway goes upstairs to deliver the, yeah. uh, the, the book and you see her being weak and submissive to her husband. It was it was very – it was jarring. And then when she went right back to her original self, it was like, okay. You can't understand her more than, than you would just – her just being cold hard bitch the entire time, which yeah. I, I, was a nice little addition in there. And then at the end where she saw Andrea across the street. Yeah. And she you know looked at her, noticed her. Andrea knew she noticed her and she waves at her and she just takes her glasses off like, and gets in. Like whatever. She smiles. Yeah. In the car though, in, in private. In the car, in private, she smiles because she she doesn't want that persona to get out yeah. there. But she does have a heart. She's not really the devil. Right. And she loves her twins, you know. She probably dotes on them like crazy yep. when With she's Potter. not working 18 hours a day. Yeah. What about the whole Harry Potter thing? Where she trying to get the manuscript? Right. I there's no way that that could ever be possible in real life. Probably not. For her to call uh, Thomas Jane, what's his name? Uh, Charles Simon Baker uh, Christian, and like, hey, Christian, you, yeah. you know the connections here. Can you give me the manuscript? I, he I, even said it was impossible. Yeah, I can't believe that could ever happen in real life. Uh, I think something like that, maybe not with Harry Potter, but with other things, could possibly happen. Yeah. Okay. Maybe other books, but not not a book as big as that. I, I want to know what happens in the next book. No, no, no. You, wait, you got to wait and see. Yeah. What's who's um? Damn it! It's not Earl Stein. What are you talking about? The Harry Potter. Oh, Rowling. Rowling. Who's Earl Stein? Goosebumps. Yeah, you're what you're thinking Goosebumps, not J.K. Rowling. Tolkien. Tolkien. Yeah. That's Hobbit. Lord, okay. of Lord of the Rings. I should read more. He's dead. <laughs> He's dead? Yeah. What about... I'm out of author name, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's listening to it, he doesn't know what it looks like. Right, yeah. I don't... But, My, yeah, no. Jim Butcher. She, she was very... Jim Butcher? What does he do? She, uh, she, Dresden he? Files. Oh. <laughs> J.K. Rowling, though, was very, like, guarded right. on her stuff. So the publisher didn't get it until she was done. That was another thing that, that uh, in the movie, it was like, eh, you can't, you can't. Although I did enjoy the fact that she made it a point, like, I'm going to make you fail, so you have to, so you're, you're done. She knew she wasn't going to be able to do it. Right. And then when she did it, she was like, oh. One copy? Yeah. What am I going to do with one copy? I have twins. Oh, well, I already made copies of it and bound it and covered it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, where are they? They're on the train with the twins. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then anything and then, else? Yeah, mm. no. And then and then the next day she comes in and she goes to put her jacket and her purse or whatever on her desk and turns around and goes, "No, I'm going to throw it over here on Emily's desk." Yeah, you know, you're better than her now. Yeah, it was it was nice. It was, overall, and the more we talk about, it, the more I enjoy it. Uh, it just at the time it was like, all right, this is fine. It, I see where everything's going. Like I said, predictable at the beginning. It's one of those it movies fun. where if you watch it the first time, you're like, okay, and you're getting it as we're talking about it because now you're remembering things. But right. if you were to watch Can't it again, dogs. you would catch more subtleties that happen and be like, right. oh, okay, okay. Right. Yeah. Any scenes you like the Maestro that you will 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you, guys were, to you. you guys were pointed out. I like the 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 one where she outdoes her in the with the, for the the manuscript. That was my favorite one. Okay, yeah, I like the opening credits. The girls getting dressed. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just you kidding. Sleaze ball. No, All right. I'm just joking. Right, let's go on to the rest of the movie then, uh, or rest of the podcast, I should say. So those are our opinions of the movies. Let's talk about people who actually have credentials. Ooh, we have known, like I said before. Uh, you had good reviews or bad reviews first? Do we have more than one good review? We, last yes, episode, we, we only had one good review. We on. have multiples of all of them because <laughs> this is a legitimate movie. The Duck what? movie. Oh, so sorry. the Duck movie wasn't legitimate? Uh, oh, Duck is produced yeah. by George Lucas? How is that not legitimate? Yeah, and he had to sell off assets because he didn't make any money on it. <laughs> yes, I'm... check out the last episode of Howard the Duck, my show's <laughs> birthday pick. You uh, magical. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's go with good reviews then since nobody answered. Uh, Stella Pepper. You didn't answer Michael. my question. Oh, what? I said, are there more than one good yes. reviews? Okay. There's multiple of all. They go with good reviews. Mm-hmm. There, now I answer you. Okay. You never answered my question. Yes. Do ducks actually have nipples? Stella Papa Michael from BBC.com. <laughs> the real joy is in a smoldering sinister churn by Meryl Streep as Andy's Eagle Mag. Eagle Mag. Ugh. Eagle Maniacal Boss. <laughs> Damn it. James Bardinelli from Real Views. Even the redneck knew what you were trying to say. What the hell? <laughs> I was trying to read too fast. That's my bad. Devil's Product is two films in one. A causistic. What? A caustic, energetic satire of the fashion world and a cautionary melodrama. Ugh. Just move on. It was good. Yeah. David, David Denby from The New Yorker. The Devil Wears Prada tells a familiar story. Ha! The New Yorker. Oh. This is where Andy's going to work. Oh. And it never goes much below the surface of what it has to tell. Still, what a surface. What? Bad reviews? Peter I do like I do like the episode at the end where she's on the interview. And the oh, guy yes. goes... You know, I got a, a personal note from Miranda saying that you were the biggest disappointment she's ever seen, and that I'd be a complete idiot if I didn't hire you. That was that was cool. That, that, that was a perfect way of saying a good review, uh, but not because you can't break character and saying, "Oh, she's amazing, should hire her." So she's got to say like, "Worst, the worst," but also you'd be an idiot. Yeah, Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian. When Streep is absent from the scene, the interest factor plummets. This is a good review? No, this is bad. I moved on to bad. I don't see that. No. Uh, no. It's a bad Bradshaw. Uh, Steven Zacharek. Zacharek? From Salon.com. Galifianakis? Yes. All right. Uh, Anne Hathaway is Patricia Field's latest fashion victim in the limp semi-satire. Oh, I don't know what that means. Uh, Andrew Sarris from Observer. The biggest problem with the movie, however, is that it tries to make a big deal out of a subject that has been beaten to death in the tabloids and the media. Can't disagree with that. It's, uh, yeah. It's been beaten to death, but it, what at the moment of when the film was made, not so much. It hasn't been told like this. I agree. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's been beaten to death, but... In, in the way that it was told, I think it, it excelled. But it, it's it's the message, right? In the every, message is beaten to death. Yeah, well, 
so many movies, the message, underlying message of the movie has been beaten to death. It's just told in a different way. Right. There's been no new messages out there. Right. But what is the message? Uh, I don't know. Drumline, center stage, freaking you name it. The message is all the same. Fight Club. I don't know what we're doing. Just naming managers. Yeah, I am just naming movies. Be yourself. Be oh the B movie. Right. Also a good message. No, Aladdin, dude. Come on. Oh. No, but I was Okay. <laughs> now it's time for the Rotten Tomatoes game. We all love to play. This is where I now. make you guys guess the score based on its Rotten Tomato score. For those of you unfamiliar with the scoring system, it's an average score from zero to hundred amongst the critics and the audience. Zero fifty nine is rotten. Sixty eighty four is fresh. Eighty five and up is certified fresh. What do you want to guess first, the critics or the audience? Let's go with the audience. All right, audience score. What do you think it is? I think it's actually quite high considering the 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 casting for this film is already really, really well. Okay. The film itself did really well specifically considering – If you say my number, I'm going to be mad at you. Oh, uh-huh. 65? No, I was going to go 79. All right, there we go then. The audience has this at 76. Ooh, this oh. is fresh. Not certified. I just went with the year I was born. Oh. oh, okay. 76? 79. Oh, okay. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm right. I know when I was born. Uh, Do you? Do you really? No, not really. The tomato meter, the critics. What do the critics rate this film? Ooh. 79. 69. No. Oh. It is also fresh. At seventy five percent, look at that. Cowboys yeah. got them both. Yeah, you get buddy. both. Showcases. I just stayed with the same number. <laughs> yeah. I was within two hundred fifty. What? <laughs> Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this film. We like to play a game where we put them in the film to make it better. What roles would they have played in this? That's rough. Considering I, this, I think is- it would be funny to see um, not Paul Giamatti, uh, Gary Oldman play Nigel. Right. <laughs> Even though I yeah. like Nigel's character, I like yeah. I would like to I would like to see what he could do with that. You know, that's a good idea because Gary Oldman's got such a range. See, uh, see, uh, I I don't want to take them out because no. I, I think Stan Tucci did a good job oh, as Nigel. Yeah, but I I would put him as Paul Giamatti, and I'd do Gary Oldman as uh, Simon Baker, the uh, attractive guy. Okay, Paul Giamatti is as the. The, the yeah, because Paul Giamatti can't be the attractive yeah, guy. Yeah, no, Paul, Paul Giamatti is, is the one that is helps Nigel. her get her yeah. clothing yeah. thing, Yeah, uh, which would be fun just to see him like like he knows fashion really. That'd be fun for me. I feel like you could pull it off. If you just, <laughs> just like, I think it'd be fun to see uh, Gary Oldman be the flamboyant. You know, oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, same way. Okay, good times. <laughs> All right, now it's time for trivia. This is a part of the show where I give you guys a little bits of information you might not know about the film. On the first day of filming, Meryl Streep told Anne Hathaway, I think you're perfect for the role. I'm so happy we're, doing, we're going to be working together. Then she paused and followed up with, that's the last, nice, that's the last nice thing I'll say to you. And it was. <laughs> so Meryl Streep was complimentary and then got into character. No more nice things for you. <laughs> that's fun. That makes sense. Many fashion designers allowed their clothes and accessories to be used in the film, making it the most expensively costumed film in history. You'd think that would be the case, but they said allowed. Right. Not offered. Right. So I'm wondering whether that factors into the budget or not. Right? Well, Michael Kors was mentioned a lot. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Or he? She? Michael. He, okay. The purses, yeah, whatever. Really? The designer. 
it's 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 uh, I don't know fashion. Sorry, uh, Anne Wintour, the supposed inspiration from Miranda Priestly, reportedly liked the film despite initial skepticism. She enjoyed Meryl Streep's for her decisive nature. <laughs> Massimo was mentioned in the film a lot. Was that right? Right. Ooh. When it was high end stuff, not Target stuff. Right. You know, and not when she's married it, to somebody that's uh, buying her kids into college. They both did. They were both involved. It's fine. Right. <laughs> it was just funny when I watched it. I was like, Massimo. Oh, Massimo. Oh, yeah. Oh. It used to be high end. Then it got down to the retail. Yes, it did. You know. Yes, it <laughs> it's, did. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. ridiculous. All right. Emily Blunt was cast before Anne Hathaway. In several scenes, she is seen running about in the background, although it was never written nor directed that she do so. She felt her, her character would always be busy and wanted to keep her alive in the film. Also, most of the wardrobe was from Vivienne Westwood, which I'm assuming is a big name. I don't know her. That's fine. Money Makes the World Go Round. We're going to put this film in perspective of the films that were released this year to get or released to get a feel financially how it held up to its peers. The budget for this film was thirty-five million dollars. What do you think the worldwide gross of the film is? Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first, Cowboy? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, thirty-five million. Yes. To be profitable, it has to make at least three I, times. I, I know. Right. I'm not a rookie anymore. Right. Okay. No. For the audience that aren't familiar with the game. Do you guys get that? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Thirty-five million. Um, we're gonna go one seventy-nine. You know, I'm gonna top that one mainly because of the people that were in the film. Two hundred. All right. In the U.S., this grossed one hundred and twenty-four point seven million dollars. In the foreign box office, this gross two hundred and one point eight million, bringing the total worldwide gross to three hundred and twenty six point five million dollars. I may have not been close, but I was the. That's because you freaking prices righted me, dude. <laughs> but I prices righted you by twenty five million dollars. Twenty one, dude. Twenty one. What was your price? One seventy nine. Oh, I stuck with the seventy nine theme because. Oh, my, I seriously. Yeah, did. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> This film debuted on June 30th, 2006, with $27.5 million. This is the 14th highest-grossing film of 2006. Number one that year was... We mentioned it earlier. Ninja Turtles. Johnny Depp. Oh. 2006? Made Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Ooh. Like chest as in like duck, duck nipple nipples, chest? Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> That was 2006's The Devil Wears Prada, directed by David Frankel. Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoilers Show. Check out and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Rat Pack Productions. Do, do, you, do you subscribe to PlayDuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, don't, I do not have a PlayDuck subscription. I do have uh, Duck House. <laughs> All right. Uh, send us emails. <laughs> Spoilers. Like, that sounds like duck soup. Sounds like duckler. It's like hustler, but duckler. Spoilers. Rat Pack Productions for any questions, <laughs> opinions, or movie requests. Uh, next week, yeah, we're doing 2012's Journey to yeah. Mystery Island. 
Oh, finally, Michael Caine. Jumanji 2 is coming out, which has Dwayne The Rock Johnson, as does Journey 2. It, it's coming out in the movie theaters? Yeah. Jumanji 2 is coming out. Jumanji. Not Journey. Jumanji. Okay. Yeah, with Kevin Hart and... Um, Jack Black. Uh, Amelia Pond uh, from Doctor Who. What's her name? No, you're in this one, you're on, dude. Yeah, Amelia Pond. She was also in Guardians of the Galaxy. She was a blue girl. Nebula. Yeah, she was Nebula. Uh, you don't know the name either. No, I'm I just don't. Trying to, yeah. Did they remake Jumanji, the original one? Yes, yes. they did. Yeah. Jumanji no, no, 1 is on spoilers no, back no, in the day. They did not remake Jumanji 1. They made it as a sequel. They rebooted it. No, they made it as a sequel. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you have Jumanji, Jumanji 1, now you have Jumanji 2. No, no. Jumanji. Original with Robin Williams. Williams. Which is on spoilers in the archives. Yeah, Check yes. out these uh, archives and spoilers to watch that movie. And then the, the Jumanji with Dwayne Drage Johnson. Yeah. Also Kevin Hart and Amelia Pond. So that was a remake of the original one or a reboot? It was Neither. It was, it was a, a sequel. Kind of, it was kind of a continuation. They talk about, uh, what is it, something Parish. What is his first name? Emily Pond. No, come on, oh. no. John yeah. Williams' character, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Parish, right? And they and they the Parish they, family. Yeah, they, they 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 phrased that in the film for the first one. Yes, but they're they both called Jumanji. Yes, yes. So it's, they, it's based on the same kind of world where Jumanji is a game that takes over your life. No, I I get, I get that. Oh. But what I was trying to say is like the, the Jumanji with the Rock. Yes. yes, Kevin Hart. Yes, is associated with the original Jumanji. Yes, it is. So it's not a remake or anything like that. No, so it's continuous storyline. It's like Jumanji and Jumanji half, and then Jumanji two. Oh, oh, I yes. see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Uh, I don't know what the movie with Karen Gillian is called. Oh, it might be. I didn't look it up, didn't you? I did yeah. not look it up. It just happened to be on my computer. You did did not look it up. So I you just did. have her on your screen like randomly. It was called Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Okay, there you go. So it was not called Jumanji 1.5. <laughs> well, they never. Well, they not very seldomly do. I mean, like if it's a, like another a, a sequel, they well, will say like what? what there there like, were three versions of Halloween. They were all named Halloween, and they were all separate movies from different timelines. That's what I'm saying. Is this a separate movie? So we had Jumanji. Yeah. Then we had Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Now we have Jumanji two. So the first Dwayne Rock Johnson and Karen Gillian was Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. But shouldn't it be like Jumanji 2? So check that out next time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be on this for a while. Uh, yeah, watch uh, Jumanji... No, damn it. <laughs> Journey watch 2. Jumanji 2. Ah! <laughs> Journey 2. The Mysterious Island, which is a sequel to Journey 1, which had Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Center and of the, the Earth. Yeah, and the same car- same kid from uh, um, Mockingjay. What's it called? Uh, Hunger Games. Yes, Jennifer Lawrence. No, the other oh. one. Okay. Anyway, check that out. Until next time, silly goose. Thanks for playing. We'll see you next time. I'm Adam. I'm the silly goose, and I'm cowboy goose. Are you still on ducks, guys? <laughs> no, goose are not ducks. But now I want roast duck. That's foul. Oh. <laughs>